Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. With that said, let's get on the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What is going on, guys? This article is a little bit old, 2019, but it's a really, really good, well-written article. Eve's Tradu, well done. That is a very good article discussing UUIDs are popular but bad for performance. Let's discuss. That's the title of the article. I'm gonna, I'm gonna prefix this that there is some misconception here that I'm gonna talk about at the end of the video. But here, Eve only discusses MySQL, obviously, and the specific architecture of MySQL when it comes to the random nature of UID, can screw you over. So, let's go through that. So, I'm going to go through the parts of that uh, I'm really interested in, and then uh, jump through the stuff, the article. I'm going to reference it below for you guys to read it at your leisure. So, what are UUIDs? Or universally uh, unique identifier. Uh, I, I usually refer to them to like GUIDs, globally unique identifiers i don't know if there uh, honestly if there is a difference or not uh, there might be but this is this is how they look like very very useful guys guids and uuids are very useful specifically if you want to build an idempotent backend api uh, such that the client is responsible of submitting row inserts or orders and you want to make these uh, post operations or these writes item importance. That means if the client had to repeat this somehow, it has a failure, it can safely repeat the same operation without a side effect, essentially. Very, very important item potency. I talked about it right here. If you want to learn more about it, Kafka implements some, some, something similar to this to achieve uh, uh, item potency. UID is one of the most popular things to achieve that. Obviously, it's used a lot uh, in, in other ways to guarantee the uniqueness because you don't really get the, the chances to get uh, a collision is very low, right? There is the details of how uh, he's going, Eve's going through uh, the details of how you build UUID. We're not really interested in that. We know how it works. So what is wrong with UUID value? Let's read a little bit and then discuss. In order to appreciate the impact of using UUID values as a primary key, and that's, that's the discussion here, we're using 
UUID as a primary key and not just a primary key or using as a primary key in my SQL because it's a very different thing. A primary key in my SQL is completely different than a primary key in Postgres, which is literally there is nothing called a primary key in, in Postgres, right? It's, all, it's always uh, a secondary key, right? And we're going to talk about that. Clustering concept of this, really, is, is the key. Or as Oracle calls it, that's my preferred name, index organized table. It is important to review how AnnoDB, which is the uh, default uh, database engine for MySQL, AnnoDB stores the rows of a table in a B3 for the primary key. In database terminology, we call this a clustered index. The clustered index ordered the rows automatically by primary key. So the table is organized based on the primary key index, right? So think of it like if you have a, a primary key with a value of one, the entire row exists next to the index, next to that value. And so on value two, the entire row next to it. There is, unlike Postgres where the heap exists somewhere, and the index exists somewhere, and there is a pointer to that thing. It's slightly different, okay? Clustering has advantages and disadvantages when it comes to that. Obviously, you have thing, everything tucked nicely together and ordered because they are literally an index, right? So they are ordered. The table is ordered, okay? Focus on the word ordered here. When you insert a new row with a random primary key value, okay, AnnoDB has to find the page where the row belongs, load it into the buffer pool. If it's not already there, insert the row and then eventually flush the page back to disk. With purely random values and large tables, all B3 leaves pages are susceptible to receive the new row. There are no hot pages. Because if I'm gonna explain this in in, in, a, in a diagram that I drew in a minute, but essentially when you draw, everything is in a in a clustered index, everything is grouped together. So uh, if you pulled one page, you have all the rows in that same page. So if technically, if you want to write row number one and you just pulled the page and you want to write row, row number two, that page is already there. You just slice it right in the memory, and then you do three, four. It's all tucked into that same page. But if you're inserting row number one, and then row number 100, and then row number 7,000, and row number 8,000, these are different pages. So imagine the reads that happens. And you might say, Hussein, uh, the, the UID is not really a number. It doesn't matter. This exactly happened with any random thing. It doesn't have to be UID. And that's the misconception that uh, I think is happening. Yeah, when you have UID, obviously you have randomness, but you can technically have randomness with integers, right? You, your client could be submitting your primary values if it's not sequenced right, as a random audience, and you get the exact same behavior. Uh, in order to explain this better, let's go uh, to my... Um, I drew something... Uh, Quick and dirty here to explain this. Let's go. Let's go through this and try to explain it here. All right, guys. How about we take an example of how this actually works instead of just reading? So I drew a little bit, a few diagrams to explain this. Let's assume this is my memory. This is the clustered index. 
These are called pages, and each page has a specific size, and it can hold uh, n number of rows, right? So let's say, for simplicity, it, had, it can hold 10 rows, okay? And uh, since it's clustered, it has to be ordered. So page A is row 1 to 10, page B is row 11 to 20, and so on, okay? So let's go to an example where we're going to do a sequential write. So one, two, three, four, five. Beautiful, nice, beautiful sequential writes, one after the other. Let's see the effects, and then we're going to do random writes and see the effects on MySQL. Or a clustered index, because you can do clustering in Postgres as well. Uh, but it's not just on, it's not on by default. So now if I'm inserting row number one, the ID field number one, which is the clustered index, that's the ID field, and say, okay, the, uh, the database will ask, okay, row number one, which page is this? Very quick check to see that, oh, it's actually page A. You can just, it's a very quick mathematical algorithm to find out which page. And then when, once you find the page, you pull it from this, so that's a read, seek on disk, pull it in memory, and then the next step is we write the row inside that page, making it a dirty page. So we just touch this page in memory. And you might say, Hussein, we're touching the, the stuff in memory? How about we need to write it back to disk? Otherwise, what happened if my, my SQL crash? Don't worry about it. There is something called the binary log, or it's called the wall, right? The write-ahead log, where things are written to disk, in, a, in an append-only mode, just in case of a crash. But don't worry about it. So in case of a crash, this can be reconstructed. This is out of the scope of the video, but assume that we are durable. This is an asset database after all, right? So I wrote this. It's a dirty page. So I read once, and I read to the, I wrote to the memory. Not so bad. And I wrote, written to, the, to that page. Let's write now row number two. What will happen? The database say, okay, where is row number two? Row number two is also page A. Wait, wait a second. I don't need to go to the disk because page A is nicely available for me in memory. So all I have to do is just write number two in that same page. So just write it. Under, so that's a quick, beautiful, fast write. Okay, let's do about three. Same thing. Three is also there. Four is also on the same page. So I didn't do any read to the disk. It's all beautiful writes to memory. So it's so fast. Okay. Up until I reach page number 11, page A is full at this time, right? Uh, so the uh, MySQL at a certain time, it will decide to flush it to disk, right? Uh, I'm not going to go through when exactly because that's three or four parameters in MySQL to configure when to flush it to disk. But assume that uh, A is now flushed. But now I want row number 11. Row number, I want to insert row number 11. Oh, it's in page B. So I'm going to do a read and then into the disk, pull it to memory, write my row 11. If I wrote uh, row 12, same thing. It's nicely available in memory. Do thing 13. You see the idea, right? So now this is what happens when we are in sequential. What about random? That's the UUID, the GUID case, where every single value, the primary key, is completely random. It's not sequential. So let's let's take the same example, but as integers, because it's the same exact problem. So I'm going to insert row 1,000. Okay, row 1,000 is uh, page P. Let's go ahead and pull it to the memory, write it. And then the next row write is row number 1. Oh, row number 1 is A, so I'm going to read and then pull it in memory, and then boo, do that. Not so bad. 
still because it's one read and one write technically to the memory it's not that fast there is another write to the binary that I do, I'm not showing here but we don't really count it here it just this is what matters here now the next one is 20 completely different page PHP 50 completely different page we're not reusing those beautiful cached dirty pages unfortunately they're just sitting there it's so sad when you see this it's so sad it's an insult to the database let's just let's go ahead what happened uh, my, my memory is full my buffer pool is full what will happen to the next write the next write is 80 and guess what well 80 is k and it's not in the memory so i have to read it and i have to write it to the memory but oh it's full what to do go and you are obliged to flush some of the pages to disk the old recently used pages the based on the caching algorithm so now the buffer is pool oh let's just go ahead and flush p so we're gonna flush p read first of all read uh, try to get a memory flush existing p and then put uh, k back so you just did a read and a read in memory and then another write all because you want to do a write and then if you want to count the write in the binary block so you did a lot more work and that is the graph that i'm gonna about to show you in perconas when you reach this stage when you're like uh, essentially thrashing the memory just putting flushing back and going back flushing back and going back you are essentially becoming io bound they call it right when you are in memory when you have enough memory in the pool that's fine I mean, yeah, you can just put a lot of memory and solve this problem, but you're just delaying the inevitable. Let's go ahead and another, do another one. 500, another page. If you hit the same, happen to hit the same page, which is very rarely in a, in a GUID environment, <laughs> you'll hit the same dirty page. But if, if not, then you're going to always do this. Read, read, write. Read, read, write. But guys, let's go through the graph. And I want you to pay attention to these three types here. So what Eves did... They store, he stored the GUID values, the UID, as a string, 36 value, or as a binary because they are 16 bytes, right? Or as a base 64. They, he tried three approaches. And look at this. When you first start, let's take the string example, right? When you first start, writes are like you, you have like 8,000 writes per second. So beautiful. And that's when your memory is not full yet, the buffer pool once you hit that uh re reach this threshold after what 150 seconds the memory is now full of dirty pages that are barely used the insult to the database right that we talked about this is like yeah you have all these pages with a single write in them Ugh, so sad so sad at this point you start flushing to disk so an insert is doing a read and a write Two right, actually, like if you think about it, to the binary uh, log, right? So you're doing more work, and if you're doing more work, your throughput just slowed down. So you you can see that just dies. All of a sudden, it comes back to here because now the thrashing becomes like you, you're flushing back from memory to disk, from disk to memory, right? And now you might say, Hussein, when he did a binary sixteen, we went a little bit wronger. Why? Because the size of the UUID is smaller. So now you can fit more writes, uh, you can fit more dirty pages 
in memory, essentially, because the, the, the size is so small, right? And that's the beauty here. So, but you still, it's inevitable. You go, you go a little bit further, but eventually you're going to hit that memory limit. And, and Eve beautifully explains it here, right? Uh, like, uh, explain, Let, let's read through here. In all cases, the insertion rate is at first CPU bond, the memory, when you talked about Like We only read from disk, the page, and then we put it in memory, and then we write to memory, which is now at this point, we're just CPU. We're just using the CPU, right? But as soon as the table is larger than the buffer pool, the insertion rapidly becomes IO bound. This is expected and should not surprise anyone. The use of smaller representation of UID value just allow more rows to fit in the buffer pool, but in the long run, it doesn't really help the performance. So he suggests here two solutions, and they are beautiful solutions. I like this better. So he said, okay, since UUID are random, let's introduce some sort of order to them, so some sort of sequencing. So what he did is, essentially, he at the first uh, four characters, he tried to fix them based on the current week. So they will be exactly constant and when they are constant right in the first week as you come uh, first week they will all become part of the same value and as a result the database will say, oh these are very nicely almost organized together so the database will look at this as they are sequenized sequential rights and as a result you see the first case right so he did that part the other part is he's just mapping uuids to see auto-increment uh, integers, right? So let's not use the UID as the primary key. Let's use the primary key as an integer that is sequential, not just any integer, because you can just still do random uh, inserts in an integer. You have to be auto-increment to get to, to be useful, right? And let's, let's not manage it, right? And then uh, use essentially a mapping table to map the UID and check for duplicates and all that stuff and map it to the integer. So guys, this is very interesting, right? And he's showing that, okay, the pseudo order, all of a sudden, look at that. Using the pseudo order, you can see nice approach. Beautiful, nice approach. So let's end this article, guys, by discussing Postgres because uh, uh, Eve didn't mention it here. But Postgres, compared to MySQL in this case, takes the advantage, in my opinion. And I might be wrong in some cases. Correct me, guys, if uh, experts out there. Postgres does not use clustering by default. It doesn't have a clustering. So you create a table. It's not clustered like uh, MySQL, right? MySQL, it, you don't get a choice. It's always clustered by the primary key. So you have this behavior if your primary key is a UID. But in Postgres, you can create the primary key, primary key, which is just the secondary key, right? Which points to the raw directory. It just happened to be unique, right? And uh, when you do that, there will be any, no any problem because the table is not really ordered. And new inserts is always going to go to the bottom. It's not ordered, right? It's not clustered. So all, all the rights are going to the to the bottom. It's not like the database has to go, okay, oh, this has to be going this page. Oh, this has to be, because it needs to maintain order. Even, that's being said, that's with the default Postgres. Even if you did cluster in Postgres, Postgres does not maintain order in a clustered table. Yeah, <laughs> I was surprised too when I read this piece of information. Clustering is a one-time operation. 
When the table is subsequently updated, the changes are not clustered. So inserts are always fast in Postgres. They are not going, they're gonna, they're not gonna go into the right place. So might say Hussain, that's not really clustering, is it? It's gonna cluster existing data, but new changes, new updates, is just gonna go to the end. So you don't have if if Eve did that same graph, it's not gonna look the same. It's gonna go, I think it's gonna look just straight because there's no problem with that. But if you do want to cluster it, you just call re-cluster. I think that's what it's called, the command. Just call cluster again, right? Calling cluster will re-cluster the index. And when it would recluster the index, it will reorganize those uh, 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 rows and tuples back to the place where they should belong, right? Essentially, this is uh, the whole thing is just very interesting to me. Very well written article. I'm gonna recommend it below, guys. Hey, guys, what do you think? Do you use GUIDs in your tables? Let me know in the comment section below. I'm gonna see you on the next one. You guys stay awesome. Yeah, good article. And by the way, guys, if you don't follow Porcona. They produce high-quality content in blog forms and um, on YouTube channel. Check them out. They talk about not just MySQL. They're specified in MySQL. If you've noticed, most of the article on MySQL, Mongo, uh, Benchmarks, Postgres, MariaDB. If you're into this stuff, check them out. I'm going to see you on the next one. You guys stay awesome. Goodbye.